Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Podcast. My name is Ryan Janke, and I'm joined by Sarah DeYoung, Pastor DJ Lura, and I promised you a different guest than the guest that we have. Um, we were supposed to have an author on today, and he is a bit under the weather, so he couldn't make it. So we have... Hold on, let me give an intro. Mark Soldier. It's just such an exciting intro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much, my adoring fans. Mark Soljum is in the house. Mark, you freaked out my, my son last night, by the way. I forgot to tell you really? this. Really? Yes. Uh, because I don't think it was on purpose. Because now he uh, actually has to practice the guitar that he just bought, because now he's in a band. Yeah. And, well, and... and yeah. <laughs> I had the honor of naming the band. You did. Uh, which Great I wasn't name, planning on. Uh, but they walked up to him and he said, okay, first thing off the top of your head. We got a band. What should we call it? I'm like, the goldfish. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And they walked away. And I was like, did I just name your band? <laughs> yep. Well, I, the Beatles, is that the, the name Eagles. I was told a different name. That's a different band. By one of the founding. Oh, that's a different oh, band. That's a different band yeah, altogether. Okay. Yep. You know, right now, what I really want is the Mandalorian helmet. Because as I speak, you're, you're disappearing in a fog. Because my glasses oh, yeah. are getting completely fogged up. I see that. You look like, uh, which was the, I always forget the the character from Peanuts. She had, was it Peppermint Patty? Marcy. No. Marcy. Marcy. Marcy, yeah. yeah. You couldn't actually see your eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called worse. I've been called worse. <laughs> By better. I think, By better. I think you'd look good in the Mandalorian helmet. I think, I think so, so, too. too. Yeah. I think we could, we could uh, then record uh, video. Of the podcast with only if we all had our own sort of Star Wars outfits, you I'm know. I'm telling you, yeah, I That's could get. A fine idea. I could get a Jedi outfit. You could wear the Mandalorian. Hmm. Ryan, what are you go, going as? I don't know. R two D two might be kind of fun. <laughs> I, I like the uh, the the um, the weird looking guy that sat next to uh, Lan Lando. Oh, with the. <laughs> yeah. with the with the in Return of the Jedi, the headband yeah. on backwards type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, should I should I admit I know the name of that guy? I bet you do. Yeah, his name's Lobot. <laughs> Lobot. That would be I a prime time plan. To plan. That's Steve. Steve. Yeah, his name Steve. is Steve. <laughs> I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Lobot. Let's do it. Let's I, do it. I'm gonna have to look that up. Lobot. I like that. So yeah, he uh, uh, he's concerned now because I don't think he's strummed on that guitar more than 14 times, like 14 strums, like not. Well, individual sessions. You know, okay, let me just defend your son for a second here because mm -hmm. there is some sort of status just to having the electric guitar <laughs> and the amp, right? Like, this is my electric guitar, right? Yeah. So there's some sort of status to that, especially at, at his age. But, uh, yeah, playing it is definitely takes you up a few notches. Yeah. Well, yeah unless you play Stairway, Stairwell to Heaven. Oh. So, yeah, well, so I was heaven, thinking, so. how many years till he goes to college? Because... That's how much time he has to learn the one song that you need to know, which is just Wonderwall. Well, it's less than four. Everybody in college thinks you're cool if you know how to play Wonderwall. I had uh, the the hip one for me in high school was uh, was Extreme was the name of the band. More than words. Oh man, oh, yeah. And, Power ballad. And a good friend of mine played that in in high school. Uh, and and I will I will pick on him now if he if he ever listens to this. But I think he learned it just so that he could, the girls would fawn. Of course. <laughs> So. That's in Rock of Ages, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yep. You know what I should have it's him a do? Good, it's it a is. good song. And then Jimmy Fallon and, uh, um, uh, shoot, what's his name? Redid it a few years ago. Um, like, redid the whole video of it. Frame. Will Ferrell? 
No, they do it with uh, cowbell. The the guy from School of Rock. <laughs> oh, um. Oh, Jack Black. Yeah. Jack Black. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good. Hmm. Addy and I have an ongoing game whenever we go to soccer practice, which is like three times a day, every day, of driving to uh, the the soccer field. Uh, we flip back and forth between hit songs radio and classic rock radio. And I can honestly say that I am zero for 100 in guessing who these songs are from these new these new people. But it gives me a chance to teach her good music mm-hmm. and give her an education about about uh, uh, the truly great artists of our age that are right what, up there with Mozart. And but Bach. what's sad is you get to a, an age and you realize that the classic rock station is playing stuff that <laughs> that was when you were in high school. And you're like, what? When did that become classic rock? <laughs> when I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit on the yep. classic rock station, mm. I'm like, yep, I'm officially old. And yes. I don't know any of the new the new songs or people. And I listen to it and I just think this is bad music. <laughs> wow. So, Haley. You know, there's one thing to sort of <laughs> sort of be old. Uh, there's another thing to sort of own it the way you just yeah, did. Doesn't <laughs> everyone know that music reached its peak in the mid nineties? You just, just been downhill you just ever really since. owned that. He, he really did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I got her to listen to the house of hair and we got to talk about bands like Dokken and Dio and who, who's Twisted host- sister. Who's hosting the House of Hair? D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. D. Snyder. Yeah. I, I don't know that I would qualify Twisted Sister as a classic <laughs> rock of all time. So, well, first there's the Beatles, sure. you know, and then you got uh, you got Twisted Sister right up there. And I don't yeah. know yeah, if I'd put them right top, together. Top five. Oh, really? Uh, no, I wouldn't yeah. do that either. Nope. All right. Okay. <laughs> if only school were out for summer. <laughs> So any, anyway, uh, yeah, you, you freaked my son out a little bit, but what I was thinking I'd have him do is uh, we know a man named Derek W., who is a really good welder, and I thought I'd have him fashion up a, a maybe like a, like a Fender logo and, and tack nice. weld that on there. So then uh, he really has that status that you were talking there about. There you go. Yeah. Yep. I wanted to ask someone who's, who's played the guitar for a long time. Guitar. Oh, is that how you say it? Well, only if the it's emphasis, a if it's acoustic, then it's so a guitar. The emphasis up, mo- actually is on the tar, so it's guitar. Guitar. Mm. Moving up from the south, words have a little bit different spin to them. You got guitar. You have theater uh-huh. instead of theater. You have mal mal instead of mother, and paul paul instead of father. Uh, and, so, and y'all is a very good, efficient word. I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. No, so my question. <laughs> oh, hold on now. Isn't the, that what the podcast is for? The the reason yeah. that I'm the reason that I'm laughing is because when I first started here, we were talking about something just casual conversation, and I said theater, and out out of the corner of my eye, I see DJ go up to somebody I don't remember who it was, and said, "Did they say theater up here?" <laughs> I've been gone for a while. Things can change. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. The hanging participles. Is we have the, 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 the famous the Fargo theater up there. The theater. Yeah. That's right. We're, we're fixing to go to the theater. So what I want to ask you is how long, like, I have heard that to get proficient at the guitar, you got to play it a lot. But that often you get, you get like, a, like, a, like a strumming callus on your, on your fingers. Is that, is that a thing? And have you ever played so much that your fingers bled until that callus mm. formed? Only in the summer of 69 <laughs> okay. did I do that. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's bad. 
That's what I was going to ask. Unfortunately, I was not born yet. Then. Oh, okay. All right. Um, the callus thing is real. Uh, yes, in fact. Uh, but you don't get them so much, uh, especially if you play with a pick. You don't get them on your right hand um, if you play a uh, right-handed guitar. Uh, you get them on the, on the finger that you're fretting with. Um, and so, yeah, uh, four of my... Four of my fingers have a pretty substantial callus on them, and I can tell if I played a lot because it'll get thicker, and if I haven't, it'll get softer. Um, it just makes it easier to play. If you haven't uh, got calluses, then uh, it'll hurt uh, kind of initially, um, and once they build up, then you you know then you, got a you good can pick up it. like fry pans and not feel it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've lost all feeling in the tips of my fingers yep. by playing guitar. Yep. But uh, yeah, hmm. it's a thing. Very cool. There you go. I played the piano when I was young. You mm-hmm. don't get calluses from playing the piano. Or maybe I, I didn't. I wasn't very good. Well, speaking of Derek W., so this is about where vaccines are getting a little bit wider spread. More people are getting them. We're hopefully, I'm going to knock on wood so I don't curse anything, coming to the end of COVID, hopefully. So with that, we're, we're coming back in person for church and that stuff. So... I'm posing a question from Derek's message, but I'm going to read you his message first about coming back to church and how to prepare for it. So he sends me, I found a backpack full of cheese this past weekend. Yes, various types of cheese. It contained three full packs of Kraft single slices, some individually wrapped string cheese singles, two Colby Jack sticks, a two-third full shaker of Parmesan opened, a bag of shredded mozzarella, an open two open bags of shredded Mexican blend taco cheese. At the bottom of the backpack was a handful of golf ball-sized rocks and a travel hand sanitizer. That was the entire contents of the said bag. I found it Sunday night, and I asked Evelyn why it's full of cheese. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I did that Saturday morning because I was planning ahead in case I got bored or hungry during church. I must have forgot about it. So rather than, say, a Ziploc bag with a few goldfish crackers, you thought you needed seven pounds of various types of cheese, which would fill an entire book bag for a one-hour service. That is planning ahead right there. Wow. And my only response to that was, well, you know, Paul's preaching for the next 14 weeks, and if kids are going to start bringing backpacks full of cheese and rocks, we might need to step up the uh, I feel like the level. Get a little more creative. I feel like uh, like he might have a prepper on his hands. There. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So does anybody else pack a backpack full of seven pounds of cheese to get ready to go back to church? <laughs> I, I, not seven pounds of cheese, but as my kids were growing up, we packed, we, we would pack about seven pounds worth of, of Cheez-It snacks. <laughs> Like the like the fish and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, that, they they the goldfish the whole thing was That's always. That's a band. The name it the is band. an up and coming band, mm-hmm. I hear. Yes, <laughs> it's kind of like that driver's license song. They're they're new and on, taking over TikTok soon. I bet. <laughs> if you guys, you guys all have children in this age range. You should have heard this song by now. Didn't you just hear me say that I don't know <laughs> any music? Was well, that written in the seventies? Because you might know that then. <laughs> It's not classic rock, but if you ever just hear a really right? sad song playing. Is it right up there with Twisted Sister? Oh, I'd say it's a close second. We're not going to take it. <laughs> I want to rock. Oh, man. Derek knows what I'm talking about. Jeez. Yep. So does Evelyn. So She's Evelyn. ready to rock. <laughs> Speaking of, okay, so this is, this is a Derek episode, I guess, because he asked me a question as well, and he's asked me a couple weeks in a row, and I thought that he was just joking, but he's serious. 
So I got to ask the question. What would Jesus think about pineapple on your pizza? <laughs> I love how you pushed your mic away like you just mic drop it. That's all we have this week. See you all next what, week. What Adam. would Jesus think about pineapple on your pizza? Put, well, pushing the mic away was my way of saying I I don't uh, I'm out. I'm, d- I'm done with this one. Let me put it this way: according to the doctrine of the communicatio idiomatum, um, Jesus is God. Right? And it's through the word that the world was created. And in the world are pineapples. And pineapples are good to eat. Pizza is good to eat. So two things that are good that go together, I think Jesus would be just fine with it. Now, I, on the other hand, find it gross. (laughs) So. (laughs) I love it. Really? Yeah, I do. Does it have to be with Canadian bacon? No. Just Um, pineapple by itself? No. No, you know, I've I've actually had it with sausage on the pizza as well. I think it's good. There is one pizza that pineapple belongs on. And if you go to Brickhouse in Moorhead or West Fargo, they have a barbecue chicken pizza that has pineapple on it. Mm. And it is delicious. It's the best one. You, you know, I'm glad we're taking the time. <laughs> of, of, the important <laughs> questions. Yes, deep theological questions about pineapple. For those wondering what that gibberish was that I just said, I've mentioned it before, but communicatio idiomatum is the theological language that means communication of attributes that speaks about how Jesus is fully human and fully God at the same time. And so what that means is that in Jesus, God acts. Mm -hmm. So when Jesus was born, God was born even though God existed previously. And Jesus existed previously, um, but he's incarnated as a human, mm-hmm. born, born to the Virgin Mary, those things that we confess. So when Jesus was born, God was born. When Jesus cried, God cried. And to get very earthy, when Jesus pooped his pants, God pooped his pants. But also when Jesus suffered, God suffered. When Jesus died, God died. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus is risen, God is risen. And it's because of that unique nature of Jesus that he can be spoken of as fully God and fully man and that what Jesus does, God does. So when you are forgiven for your sins because of Jesus, you are forgiven by God. And so you can rest assured in your salvation through faith alone in Jesus. In Jesus, God becomes your God. I can guarantee you that Derek was not expecting that answer. Well, there you go. So... (laughs) Pineapple on pizza, fine for Jesus, not can, so much for me. I can be forgiven for my thoughts about pineapple pizza right now, is exactly, what you're saying. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> okay. So moving along. Thanks for having me on today. <laughs> I'm trying to think of things that I do like pineapple in. I like pineapple by itself. I um, don't. That's the weird thing. I'm weird that way. But I you like it on pizza. I don't like tomatoes, like eating a raw tomato. Absolutely not. Never. But hmm. I love ketchup. I'll put ketchup on everything, including my scrambled eggs, which grosses out my children. Well, that's mostly sugar. Yeah. Mm. High fructose corn syrup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Makes that's makes fair. everything good. That's kind of like saying, you know, I don't like watermelon, but I love watermelon and Jolly Ranchers. Delicious. I don't think it's the same. A little spoon of high fructose corn syrup makes the tomato go down. That is one of my favorite <laughs> musicals. <laughs> I thought you might like that Yeah. One. Yep. All right. She played the guitar too, by the way. Did she really? Yeah. Get, get, I don't know if she had calluses. Not, or not. in that movie. Guitar. 
In in a different movie though, right? Yes. Or just in life. In life, I think. Yeah, probably. And in a different movie. Who are we talking about? Oh my! No, she played uh, it in the beginning of that movie. Did she really? Yep, on the mountain. Dun 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 dun. Is that a different movie? Doe a deer. Yes, on that movie. Is this yes. Julie I'm Andrews? About oh, on the other movie. one. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's the same lady. Like she floated around on movie. an umbrella. You know, was there was no guitar in that in one. Way. You're right. That was okay. actually the end. The sound of music ends by Julie Andrews floating, floating up <laughs> and flying to England yep. many years later. Yep. <laughs> or no, years earlier. To take on another family mm-hmm. to make better. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So it's actually a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Hmm. Nice trilogy ever. Interesting. That is interesting. And then Ooh. she flies further forward and becomes the queen of Genovia. You know, that, diaries. that's that's pretty common to uh, to try and link together different sci-fi worlds, but I've never seen someone try and do that <laughs> with the Julie Andrews movie. It's like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon thing. Yeah. It's Two yep. degrees, though, of Julie Andrews. Yeah. I have heard a, a theory that uh, Mary Poppins was actually part of the Harry Potter universe. Um, I've heard the same thing about Die Hard. But you know what's, that, what's weird? That Julie Andrews was in Die Hard? No, that Die Hard was part of the Harry Potter series. Interesting. Because it was Bruce Willis running around a tower trying to stay away from Snape. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't? Or from, or from uh, um, Alan Rickman. Yes. Makes perfect sense. You know, it just dawned on me, though. The Sound of Music is historically later in time than Mary mm-hmm. Poppins, so she goes back in time It's ca- forward in time. It's actually the original Back to the Future. Yeah. <laughs> wow, my, my <laughs> mind is blown. Mm. Ryan, you got time to write this up and put it on Reddit later so we can just uh, mm, mm, get mm. this trending? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I have one more, one more little tidbit before we get going here. Um. I know everybody was uh, on pins and needles and on the edge of their seat, um, but I was officially passed over as general manager of the Denver Broncos. They they hired a guy from the Vikings, and I think it was to smite me after what I said about the the you, stadium in <laughs> Minneapolis last week. Yeah, maybe you were is just that why too you qualified. Were, is that why you were sitting in ashes and sackcloth? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this. When this doesn't pan out and they come back, the price just went up. Mm. <laughs> well, all I have to say is this. Wait, wrong one. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> what I got to say is this. Oh, it won't stop. It just keeps going. Okay. There you go. Ryan, maybe you were overqualified for the position. I don't know. Too much experience. They didn't want to show favoritism, yeah. I think. <laughs> like, oh, I'd love to hire Ryan, but what kind of precedent would that set? <laughs> You know, it just it just tells me that that Mr. Elway, in his uh, wisdom and for the best of his team, I think he, I think he was intrigued, and I think he was like, "Do I dare go this route? Because it'll be such a shock to the NFL world." Mm. I, I think he just he went right to the, the edge and then just stepped back and made the conservative choice. Yeah, that's what I did. Did you I, send I, the picture of you and and him? I did. In your cutout, I, I did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. See, I thought that would have put it over the edge. Yeah, me too. <laughs> my my guess is that the only edge that that uh, envelope saw was the edge of the trash can as it fell to the bottom. <laughs> it got weeded out at the beginning of the Indian search. I, probably the attention John Elway on the outside uh, was a clear indicator that this is garbage. You never know. You may still get a letter of, we appreciate your... <laughs> and if that doesn't hurt, ring. call him out on Twitter. <laughs> 
I, I'll probably just let it go. Uh, well, say lovey. You can send one in every year when they, at the <laughs> yeah. end of the year. Well, this guy. I see that you finished with this record this year. <laughs> Please see my especially, my letter last year. Hey, especially if they go five and eleven again. I know. I could double down <laughs> on it. I told you so. <laughs> I could double down on it next year. Now you'll be rooting for them to go five and eleven. What's the worst that could don't happen? Don't win! Don't win! I thought you were for the Broncos. I am, but I need them not to win this game. For my own personal growth. Yes. It's like playing fantasy football when you're you got to kind of cheer against your own defense at a certain time. Not, then you'll say, my plan is coming together. <laughs> I, I think you'll be okay to gloat in 2021. I think if you do it a third time, you might find yourself receiving a restraining order from <laughs> the Denver Broncos Association. You can, then you can frame that. <laughs> you all of a this sudden is my longer. restraining order from the Denver Broncos. <laughs> you no longer get the channel in your house. You just can't watch any football. It'll be like, um, isn't it the president of Barstool Sports banned from like the NFL as a whole? El Presidente, yeah, Dave Portnoy. He, um, he, he, he was arrested at the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. They took him out because he wasn't supposed to be there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. So, okay, so <laughs> you and him can swap stories after you get your <laughs> restraining order. Yeah, I'll have the restraining order in a scrapbook to show the grand <laughs> the grandchildren. And this was the time your granddad was <laughs> received a restraining order. It's one of my most prized possessions. <laughs> a restraining order from the NFL. And kids, if you've ever wondered why grandpa was crazy, <laughs> let's show you this. He's just sitting at home with a whiteboard circling different like defense yes. moves. Yes. X's and I wanted the wide receiver to go around. That's not what I coached you on. This is why you ended 5-11. and 11. Oh, man. Laces out. <laughs> Laces out. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well. It's been a great podcast. It, well, it, yep. <laughs> we'll see you next. No. Um, uh, actually, we wanted to touch on something a little heavier than we've been, we've been talking about so far. Um, Last week, we, we didn't get into everything that happened at the Capitol, um, but we, uh, we've, I, th I think that we should at least touch on that. Um, just, to, just to speak on it, we, we spoke on the riots over the summer, um, and so, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I think that would be a good thing. And uh, talking about, you know, when things like this happen, how should we respond? What should, what should our response be? Um, there was a, um, a church nearby in Minnesota that uh, where the pastor called for uh, martial law. Um, and and uh, what, are, what, are your, what are your thoughts on, on this, DJ or Mark or Sarah, whoever? Rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> Nose goes. Yeah, it, I mean, uh, we, we've talked about this a little bit in the last couple of days, just um, um, that... There, there, um, there's a set that God gave us a sense for justice um, in each of us, and we uh, we desire that justice, you know. And I think when things are are not the way that we hope they would be, um, or the way we sense they should be, um, that uh, the desire is to sort of um, um, try and get them that way. And uh, I mean, I think that's what what 
protesting is about, is calling attention to that injustice. Uh, we saw that with the Black Lives Matter protests. Um, and I think um, that's at least how it started um, uh, at the uh, in D.C. on the 6th. People who felt uh, like there was injustice um, from their point of view. And, you know, where you sit... Um, um, sometimes uh, 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 how you see things is, is from which, where your perspective is. And uh, um, there's lots of injustice in the world, and, and we all sort of focus on different parts of it. But the bigger question is, how should we respond as believers? Um, you know, DJ and I were talking about this earlier, and um, um, I, I mean, I'll just start with, with my perspective on it, and then DJ can maybe uh, launch off that. But... Um, uh, you know, I have I have lots of um, um, respect for uh, the the um, the people that have fought for this country, mm-hmm. that have made a place that is uh, safe for me to express my feelings and and uh, to live out my faith. And um, I think we should be proud of the steps that we've taken. Um, I don't think that we have reached a goal of. Uh, um, where our country has uh, uh, succeeded and, and is the best example ever. There's still progress to be made there. I feel that. Um, but there's lots of examples about um, what we believers should be doing. And Jesus left us with a primary ethic, I think, that we need to keep in mind when things like this come up. Um, Jesus' primary ethic, and one that was upside down at the time, even to, um, even to his own countrymen, at the time, even to the uh, to the Jewish people, was that we should love our neighbor unconditionally. That we should love our enemies as we love ourselves, as Jesus had loved us. Um, that's a radical. Um, that was a radical thing at the time, and it's still a radical thing it because is. it is so contrary to what we think um, justice is. Like, um, say you're playing a, a game, a board game. And uh, you're playing along, and, and uh, you see someone, uh, you're playing Monopoly, and you see someone sort of, the banker digging into the pot. <laughs> you talk to my wife. This sometimes <laughs> happens in families. I know it does. And, one for um, me and one for me. That sense of justice gets riled up very quickly, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to, you know, we fight, and we want to, we want to resolve that sense of justice. And um, when Jesus came and, and gave his example... Um, he had people within his own inner circle that were upset about what they felt was unjust at the time. Uh, the the Romans occupying their land, um, demanding that that uh, the emperor be worshipped as they thought only God should be worshipped. They were zealots in his own inner circle. And every time they tried to say, let's form an army and let's move against the Romans, Jesus said, no, I... I, I'm calling you to do something different. He, he sat them aside and, and he said, do this as I'm doing it to you. And then he washed their feet on the last night that he was with them, uh, which was an example of taking the lowest form of servanthood to serve someone else. Um, even even our, our, our largest sort of uh, contributor to the New Testament started off as a militant zealot. Paul, the apostle, went forward and he tried to what right or wrong that he saw and, and get rid of what he saw as improper beliefs in the, 
in the uh, Jesus followers at the time. Yeah, and the thing about Paul, too, is he was, from his own admission, persecuting who he thought were God's enemies. Yeah. Yes. From his perspective, these Christians were blaspheming God. Mm -hmm. And because of what he believed and what he thought, he took it as his responsibility to persecute them. Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, and he continued that, and he did it uh, vigorously with a sense of sort of God is with me on this. Um, until he met the risen Christ. And um, it changed him drastically. It threw him for a loop. And then he spent the rest of his time being a servant to all, sacrificing uh, for others and um, giving of himself to better others. That's an interesting way to live. And that's not a way to live that is easy for us, um, or very glamorous, and it's certainly a way that um, we give away power instead of try to claim it. And, um, you know, I guess my concern is that we as Christians need to be really careful that we're following Jesus and not our own sort of desires. Yes, we want justice. I want justice for all, um, you know, and, and that means that, uh, and the best way to go about doing that is to follow that ethic that Jesus did. You think about how Jesus' followers changed culture in Western civilization. Um, how Rome, the entire kingdom of Rome, was built upon power and strength, and that entire kingdom was thrown upside down by Jesus' followers and Jesus' commission to serve one another and to love their, your enemy. So um, that same kind of thing can still work today. And so when, when we're calling for, when we feel that sort of injustice, that uh, sense of a wrong being done, um, we have to be careful that we don't compound that with another wrong. Right. Yeah, you know, talking just about what happened in, at the Capitol building, you know, there was this protest. And protests are a way to voice your concerns politically. Um, it's, it's, it's gathering with others, and it's getting your voice heard. Um, but what's protected under the First Amendment is not um, the right to, to harm with, with force, violent force, those who you disagree with. You're allowed to assemble peaceably. And, you know, look, there are hurts and grievances on both sides of the political spectrum in our, in our country for many years. And rather than dialing that down, I think both sides have been ratcheting it up. And I think we should all be concerned about abuses of power, just like when we talked about the Black Lives Matter protests. The message of the protests was not a negative message, but what came out of it was the rioting by some bad actors in those protests that switched the narrative and took away the, the message that black lives do matter, right? I think that, that the grievances on the, the right of center in our country um, is valid in that 
a sense of not being heard for a long time. I mean, that's that's how Donald Trump became president. I think that was his big thing, was hearing those who feel like they haven't been heard by popular media, by um, elected officials. And with this election, the, just the fact that you have questions about whether there's fraud or not, and I don't know if there's been any there's just not time to have a really deep dig dive into investigations of fraud across the country. And if that was the the difference in why Joe Biden is, is now going to be president and Donald Trump is finishing up his term, or if it's more of the same going back in the history of our country of there being fraud in all kinds of different races um, throughout all different elections. I mean, that's just kind of a given, but it's never gotten to the point where it would, it would switch it on a national scale, right? Um, the problem is that people came to Washington because there is a sense of, does the other, is the other side listening to our concern here? And on the left, there's this concern that we have elections all the time, and this time your guy didn't win. Why are you so angry? Like, that's... From my perspective, looking out, I'm sure it's much more complicated than that. But for me, that's that's what I'm seeing. And I think that the message of um, the Trump supporters got lost in the violence that was carried out by a few. Because the concern from both the BLM protests and the protests on the Capitol is abuse of power. So that's one thing. How does a Christian speak? At this time, I think the best thing that a Christian can do is everything that Mark lifted up. You know, we're we're called to love our neighbor as ourselves. We're called to love our enemies and pray for them. I think it's very important that as Christians, we zip our lips and open our ears. Because what's ratcheting up all of this aggression and chaos is people feeling like they're not being heard. Um, and here's the thing about being a Christian. Is there ever a time that we should raise up arms? Um, this ain't it. I was actually going to uh, ask that because I know that, you know, a lot of times things go to the extreme and that would be the extreme. Are we just supposed to sit back and and watch this all happen? But I think you're you're touching on that now. Yeah, I, it it comes to the issue of persecution and how persecution of Christians, as Mark um, touched on, is the reason that we have a United States today. It was through faithfulness faithfulness to Jesus and His Word that Christians would willingly suffer and be martyred for the sake of the gospel, and it was that level of obedience to the word of God and love for neighbor that transformed Roman society, which was all about power and victory over your enemies. There is no reason sociologically that this small sect of believers following the way in 30 AD should end up becoming the driving cultural influencer within the largest, most powerful empire in the world, especially when that empire was openly persecuting that group. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is, we don't want to suffer. Now, I'm not saying that, that, you know, 
Christians are supposed to be okay with being rounded up like some type of Holocaust, but we're not, that's not what's going on here. Um, we still live in a nation that is founded on the rule of law and the way that we make changes in what we consider to be unjust in our governments is by voicing, communicating, and sharing the love of Christ in what you do and what you say. And sometimes loving someone is saying to them, no, I don't agree with you. But it's not breaking windows and you know, hurting people. That's Jesus Jesus does not advocate that. Even in even in even in Revelation, mm-hmm. not one follower of Jesus does any form of violence. Not one. The only one who actually overcomes the beast and the false prophet is Jesus. Uh, we just get to be his entourage. The way you make changes is by living an authentically Christian life in order to have those who may try to dehumanize you, whether on the left or the right, to recognize that you are a person made in the image of God, that you are an image bearer of God. And we got to get back to that. We got to tone down the volume and recognize that politics is not the new tribalism, that because someone is a Democrat or a Republican or voted for Trump or voted for Biden, those things don't define you. As a Christian, what defines you is Jesus. And so I don't, you know, we were talking about like the Revolutionary War, Mm -hmm. and it got me thinking about, you know, Henry uh, Melchior Muhlenberg, who's kind of thought of as like the, the, the father of Lutheranism in the United States. Although, uh, uh, sidebar, he wasn't the first Lutheran in the United States, um, but he was in the colonies when the Revolutionary War happened. And George Washington actually came to him, this is in the Valley Forge area, and petitioned him to be on the side of the Patriots, be on the side of the Revolutionary War, because German, they were afraid, um, they were concerned that the German immigrants would not want to be part of the, the new country, but that they would side with the Prussians who were part of the British army. Um, and what, what happened at, at, Mueller, at Muhlenberg's church is that war was raging around them and they would take care of, of the sick and the dying on both sides because the Prussians heard them speaking German, so they would come over there as well. Um, ultimately, though, the Muhlenberg and his his sons and so on ended up joining the the military of of uh, his son ended up becoming like a captain I think and were very supportive of of the new country as it as it came into fold. That's a different scenario. That's an that's an attack from an outward enemy. Where it's a defensive position of using force. It's self defense in many ways, as compared to taking up an act of violence against someone because you're just so frustrated and angry and feel like you're being wronged. There are, there are all kinds of mechanisms in our society still to work for change in a positive way rather than in a destructive way. 
Yeah, and I think um, I, I would just add that um, the way that we're going to make progress on this um, is not is not with uh, force, but with love. And it, mm-hmm. I know, I know, it sounds, you know, it's backwards. It, it's it's upside down. And it, it it's, it got kind of like a kumbaya. No, no, and I, I mean, I don't want it to sound like like I think that can heal everything. Um, but if you look at the history of the church, the where th- where the progress was made is when we were living out that love, when we were sacrificing for others, when we were opening our ears, when we were listening just, to one just another. Just to interrupt, you just nailed the key point. Yeah, love looks like sacrifice. Yep. Not. Kumbaya, my lord. It's not. It's not touchy feely. No. It's looking at your neighbor's needs and considering them more important than your own, and really recognizing people. Yeah. I'm sorry I interrupted what you were saying. No, and and I think, and here's the other piece that that um, um, that is a gift from Christianity is um, in our faith is the understanding that every person um, is is in the image of God. And every person has value, and I think it's so easy to forget that we get so angry, um, and we think, "Man, they're just not seeing it my way." They're, you know, they're drawing that, upsides, and they're drawing upsides. And it's easy to sort of demonize people um, and and think that they're less. Um, but God cares just as much for my enemy as He does me, mm-hmm. and I need to think about that. Like, and if Jesus says you need to love your enemy. What does that look like? And and what do I what am I holding on to so tight that I'm unwilling to sacrifice for that? Yeah. And what do I think I'll gain here on this earth um that is better than the gift that I have promised in heaven? Mm-hmm. The gift that I've promised to be with with uh, God himself. I I I like where you're going with that and I would add in for the mind of a Christian, and, and I mean this, I don't mean this as a hard-handed slap. Just, just hear what I'm saying here. If, if you are more concerned about the other side getting their way politically, or you are you are more concerned uh, and angry, like like to the point that you are convinced that the other side in this country is evil incarnate. You need to get back to Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are things in our society that can ratchet, ratchet us up to where the reptilian brain, the amygdala, as we talked about in confirmation yeah. last night, kicks in. And it's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And you, are, you feel like you're back behind a corner. You're going to fight or you're going to try to run away. Um, change the channel. Turn off the news. Yeah. Get off social media. Open your Bible. Mm-hmm. Pray to God. Because God is going to be where you find peace, hope, comfort, and where you're not going to be tempted by the devil, the world, and our sinful nature to do something harmful that is against God's intentions for you or for your neighbor. Just get out of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it, if you go on Facebook and all you do is get incredibly angry because of political posts or whatever it may be, well, do you want to live that way? Right. Do you want to be angry all the time? If it's not bringing you joy and it's not bringing light into your life, 
walk away from it. Right. Nothing is going to change. I, I, I went away from Facebook just because that's kind of how I felt. I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to respond to people's posts. I don't want to, I don't want to be that type of person. And I don't think it's a good witness to the gospel to be that type of person to get into arguments on social media, mm-hmm. be a keyboard warriors as, as they call them. I don't um, know that anybody's mind has ever been changed on Facebook. Well, I, I, I just was like, you know what? I, I'm not going to go on it. And I, I went off of Facebook for a couple of months. We came back on. Nothing had changed. Mm-hmm. Jumping into a soap opera. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where you're, you said something that, that sort of resonated with me. Um, where are you, um, where are you getting fueled from? And, and what kind of fuel are you doing? Um, we just had our annual physicals with my sons and I, and, and the discussion always, you know, uh, my doctor is good. He always says, Hey, are you getting enough fruits and vegetables? Um, because what you put in your body is what your body uses to make itself and, and how it fuels itself and how well it runs. And the same is true of our faith. Where are we getting, um, where are we, are we fueling ourselves from? Are we in the word? Are we in prayer? Are we listening to um, voices that, that maybe are bad for us? Are we listening to junk food um, voices? Are we um, spending time in social media in areas that will that get us angry or, or fearful? Um, fear is a, is a tool used by people to motivate. Absolutely um, it is. And, and um, it's, it's, it's in high usage and has been for the last at least five years. It sure is. Long time before that, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, but and, and, that's not a motivating factor for God, right? Well, but not only that, though. But look, living in a democratic republic, we have hopefully a peaceful revolution every two and four years. And I know there's been contentious politics. That's part of of way things are. But we need to necessarily, as Christians, I think, take the lead on turning down the volume Mm -hmm. and recognizing that whether it's your political party or the other political party in power, regardless, Christians on the Democrat side and the Republican side in all walks of life need to purposely show the love of Jesus for the sake of the country and for the sake of their neighbor, because it has become so hot, I guess, in our country, that it it's dangerous and scary. When when you have the elected officials in the Capitol, I mean they're 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 hopping mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we're fearful for their lives. Um, you can't have that. That does that does. It not only does it, is it wrong, it did nothing for that side's argument. Right. You said something that that I think is worth pointing out too. Um, there are Christians on that uh, believe in the same in the same Jesus that come out with a different uh, ideal of what their platform and their policies should be mm-hmm. um, different sides of the political spectrum and you may say to yourself um, I don't understand how they could believe that and still be a Christian well maybe that's something that you need to figure out you know what why is it that they they think that way uh, let me th- let me talk with them let me try and understand where are you coming from why do you why do you uh, come at it in this direction? And, and I'll explain why I came at it in this direction. And uh, uh, maybe we can understand that too. Mm-hmm. Along with love, I think discovering forgiveness is really important and to begin practicing it. 
if you are fired up at a family member or the other political party and you're yelling at the TV, <laughs> you know, look, one side watches just one cable channel, the other side watches a different cable channel, and they just hear one perspective coming to them. Learn to practice forgiveness. It's not easy, especially if you're, if you're angry at the president, if you're angry at um, the election, if whatever you're angry at, begin to practice this daily prayer. And sometimes it's going to be moment to moment to just say, God, help me to forgive just as you have forgiven me. And sometimes when that anger comes into your heart, it might be just saying in your head, I forgive you. I forgive you. Say it over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. and you will discover forgiveness and no longer hold that hate or that, that anger or that fear or that resentment in your heart. That's the stuff that will poison you. Yeah. And I think that Christians have an opportunity, as Mark said, to, to speak and do love for the neighbor by getting refocused on Jesus, rediscovering forgiveness, rediscovering your neighbor as a person and not the one on the other team. Right? Yeah. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the most important thing that you guys kind of touched on is kind of defining what love as a Christian is. is you're not you're not doing your kumbaya, you know, I'd like to teach the world to sing Coca-Cola commercial, but you're right. caring for the problem. And sometimes that is trying to level with people and understand kind of where they're coming from. And if that doesn't work for you, then it's a matter of praying and God's going to work on them yeah. no matter what. So. Mm-hmm. Often that's the last thing we do. After we mess up, we're like, then we turn to God. Mm-hmm. Eh, turn to God Step first. one. <laughs> yeah. yep. Excellent. Thank you for Here's that. Here's a bad pun. Good enough for government work? That- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I made Viking Nation mad last week. I'm not going to make <laughs> Municipality Nation mad this week. <laughs> I, think, I think what we're trying to express more than anything is that we take seriously... We really do take seriously that we're called to love God and to love people. Mm-hmm. And um, regardless of, of where you are politically or the hurt that you're feeling, we want you to know that we love you because Jesus loves you. And um, that is what's going to bring healing. And that sounds so much better than love God, love people, not law God, law people. Right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> It yep. was a lot easier. It sure is. Yeah, I, uh, um, I, I was reading uh, through John recently, and uh, um, just before um, Jesus was taken to be crucified, um, he sat down, and John has this beautiful passage where Jesus is praying to the Father, and we get sort of a glimpse into that relationship between um, the Son and the Father. And, uh, and he prays something that I think is just meaningful and, and poignant right now. Um, uh, and he prays for our unity. He says, um, Lord, I pray that they may be one just as you and I are one and that they may be in us and that the world may believe mm-hmm. that you sent me by their unity. And I think that's, mm-hmm. we have to take a hard look at that. Are we... Um, are we one in our believing with the Father, or are we letting the world divide us this way? Right. And if right. we are, 
um, then we're letting the, the, the powers and principalities of the world um, and, and the evil of the world come between us, and it hurts our mission. So that's my concern is when you're so angry that you're calling your church to do something that is against the gospel, mm-hmm. um, that you have to take a deep breath, and we have to, we have to s- maybe sacrifice for one another. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of what I was thinking with the the Alexandria pastor calling for arming his congregation. Um, yeah, I, I think you've said it best. Just, yeah. I think it's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, excellent. You know, um, uh, um, I, uh, I I have a uh, a brother who serves in the military. My father served in the military. Um, and um, um, we love this country, but uh, kingdoms come and go, mm-hmm. but the kingdom of God is forever. Mm-hmm. The Apostle Paul called the church, while in the midst of persecution from the government, to be the best citizens for the sake of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yep. You win some, you lose some. Sometimes life's not fair. If there's, If there needs to be accountability for abuse of power you do that through the mechanisms that are set up in our country this is not a totalitarian um, country mm-hmm. and frankly we don't have fascists for leaders on either side of the aisle um, those are things that become them, them's become fighting words yeah so well, yeah name calling and, and things like that but as Christians we are to be the best citizens even in the face of persecution I've said. Great. Cool. Well, thanks for the discussion. I appreciate it. It was really good. I think that, um, you know, sometimes these things are tough to touch on, but they, it comes a time when you have to, have you know, to touch on them. I'd like to add one thing to our listeners and to um, our congregation and our atonement family is um, if you're feeling anxiety about this, and I bet many of you are, um, that's a good time to um, to remember that we need to be in the Word, we need to be reading Scripture, mm-hmm. and we need to be praying and giving those anxieties to God. Um, we do not need to fear anything. Um, right. We do not need to fear because even death cannot separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. When you're talking about the powers and principalities, that's the verse yeah. I was thinking of, Romans. Yeah, there's nothing to fear. Um, we know that uh, our future is secured, and we know that no matter what happens, what the circumstances of this life are, uh, we have the, the, the most amazing thing to look forward to, and that's being with God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, if you're feeling anxiety, I, I'd add, let me just pray for you right now. Can I do that? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I pray for the people of this country and the people of this world. Lord, there's... Um, We've managed to um, find enemies in each other when I don't think we need to. Um, you called us to love one another. You called us to love our enemies, something that's still, to this day, thousands of years later, is still super hard to do and, and s- seems so counterintuitive. But we've seen time and time again how it can change the world. Lord, so I ask that those that are listening tonight, um, and those of us uh, sitting here right in the room, we may, we may do that with our lives. We may follow you, follow your leading, follow that ethic that you gave to us 
to sacrifice for one another, to try and lift up our neighbor instead of push them down. Lord, and the anxiety that we're feeling, the anxiety that people are feeling, um, I ask that uh, you take that away. Give us the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that only you can give by trusting in those promises, Lord. There's nothing that can separate us, and we have to remember that. These things I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you for that, Mark. And thank you for listening today. Uh, if, uh, if you're looking for a service to, uh, to tune into this weekend, we've got our services, our tradition service at 9 and our modern service at 10.30. You can find those on atonement.live, atonementfargo.org, or on YouTube by searching Atonement Fargo. And uh, hey, while you're here, if you want to hit uh, uh, like, subscribe, whatever, whatever uh, platform you're on, go ahead and do that. And you can join us again next week for another riveting episode of that podcast. Are you the only one that could do riveting or can we do riveting too? Do you, do you want to? Should we go around yeah, the room? we can do it all together. Well, oh. I was going to say, I was going to just draw the line in the sand. I don't think this was a riveting episode. I think it was an awesome episode. Oh. I'm going to use the A word. Oh. <laughs> it was in the image of awesome. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I think next time you do riveting, you should end it by saying, copy trade work, Ryan Jenke. <laughs> so it's on oh, the record. Wait a minute. I don't have any change I, in my pocket, so I can't say riveting right now. All right. Bye, guys.